we just finished a series called the Worship Series, and man, wasn't last week awesome? Pastor Lance did so good. Were you here? Give him up. So good. You're welcome to go back and listen to the audio uh, of that. Um, just a great series on what is worship and how do we worship and, and the pieces. And I was just so proud of you this week, really worshiping the Lord and giving yourself over to it. And, um, you know, um, a couple years ago, Jamie and I had this um, moment. I was working a lot and in the ministry and traveling a good bit. And well, one of my friends is a wealthy businessman, and he was worried about me. And he set me and Jamie down, and he's like, are you okay? I said, yeah, yeah, okay. When's the last time you had vacation? Yeah, you know, like. 100 years ago, you know, I don't know. People are dying going to hell. We ain't got time for vacation. We'll rest in heaven. He's like, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. He says, and you need a vacation. I said, well, you know, the, like you, well, the problem is I ain't got the money for it. That's your problem right there. And he goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that. And he and another businessman got together, and they pulled some resources and came up with a bunch of money. And they were like, where do you want to go on vacation? Well, a couple years earlier, uh, we're friends with, uh, with the casters, and, and uh, we were part of their uh, network marketing um, company that they had, and we had, had one uh, trip with their top salespeople, and I think they kind of just let us in, to be honest with you, because they felt sorry for us, and, and we went to this all-inclusive in Cancun. Now, if you've never been to an all-inclusive, it'll mess you up, because you don't have to tip them. Come on, Jesus. You don't have to, They feed you anytime you want. They carry everything around. It's all-inclusive, and so that's, Jamie's like, I will not do vacation anywhere else. Like, Ryan Wood's always like, y'all want to go camping? Jamie's like, I ain't cooking over a fire. You got any vacation for me, and so, and so, you know, we were like, well, we'd been to this Cancun all-inclusive one time. And they're like, great, we'll pay for that. And we're like, okay. And, and so when we showed up, it, something had drastically changed. It was de- definitely amazing before. But if they had been an 8 or a 9, this time they were like a 10, 11, 12, whatever. You know, they were just off the chart. The moment we got out, you know, they grabbed my bags. And I was like, oh, thanks, guys. And they're like, it's my pleasure. <laughs> okay. And we walked up to the counter, and the little lady's helping us. And I was like, what, what room do you have us in? She says, over here. I said, can you get me one face in the ocean? She goes, it would be my pleasure. I was like, okay. And so, you know, we get to our room, and they bring up the luggage and that kind of stuff. And I said, hey, guys, thanks so much. And they go, it's my pleasure. Every moment of the day, it's my pleasure. Their faces were smiling. The guy doing the grass, getting all the weeds out, it's my pleasure. The little lady doing aerobics in the pool, it's my pleasure. I mean... Everything was, it's my plan. Everything about them had changed. I don't know if the management, the new management, had figured out how to get people using their gift to where it was enjoyable. I think that's what's happening. But it was responded with, it's my pleasure. So turn to the person next to you and say, it's my pleasure. In fact, that's the title of the message today. It's my pleasure. In fact, no, 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 I want you to do it one more time. But you got to do it like this. You got to do it a little bit more sexy like Antonio Banderas. You got to say, it's my pleasure. Say it like that. Say it to the person. Eat my plate. There you go. Now we're somewhere. I have two goals with today's message. Two goals. Number one, my first goal is that God would reveal to you the missing pleasures that you could have were you active in your gifting here in the body of Christ. That God would show you and reveal to you that you're missing something and that, that literally that pleasure has escaped you because you're active in your gift within the body of Christ. My second goal with today's message is I want to replace the lie that little is insignificant. And I want to replace it with the truth that God takes every bit of little and he can make it into something great. And I want to deliver you from the fact that I can't be as good as that person or that person. I can't really serve. I can't really do as much because we're busy and we got this and we got that. And, we got, and I agree with that. But my goal for you today is get delivered for that thinking 
so that you can understand that God takes the little and he causes it to become great. Isn't that good? Say yes. And so let's start with our scripture here in uh, Romans chapter 12. We're going to look in verses 5 through 8. This is a very beautiful passage. It's very important to me as a pastor because this passage sets into place what church is really supposed to be. Now, I want to repent on behalf of whatever church you came from, whatever group you might have grown up in, that somehow may have accidentally, whether they modeled it wrong or spoke it wrong, but have taught you that church is where you come and receive a word and where you get blessed and that's what church is and that it's a meeting at a building on a Sunday and the expectation is simply that you come every Sunday and that you tithe. I want to repent on behalf of anyone who told you that is what church is and that is the duty of a believer because that's not at all what church is. Although it has some of those elements, I want you to see exactly what church is. Here in verse 5 it says, So in Christ we who are many form one body and each member, watch yourself, belongs to all the others. You belong to me. And I belong to you. Because we're a part of the body of Christ. We are the parts. Just like the toe can't say, I don't like the elbow, as it goes on to say. It can't say that. Why? Because you belong to each other. This is what church is. And it continues on in teaching us. It says, verse 6, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying... Let him use it in proportion to his faith. Again, we're talking about within the body, the parts helping the body. The parts making the body one. If it's prophesying, let him do it according to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, then let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, then let him do it cheerfully. This passage of scripture is so wonderful and so powerful because it teaches us actually what church is. Church is us. We are the church. I've told you this before. You and I are the church when we're at Walmart. We're the church when we're on Facebook. We're the church when we're perusing the internet. We're the church when we're at home with our kids and and instead of slapping them upside down. We're the church when we're at the park. Come on now. We're the church when we're on airplane. We are the church no matter where we're at, and what cultivates us being the church or what constitutes us being the church is that we are many parts forming one body called Church on the Hill. There are many bodies all around. There are many churches or many bodies, but they're made up of parts. Our church is made up of you and me. We are many parts, and we all have a role to play in that body. And as it opens up, it actually says we belong to one another. But verse 6 Is where I want to help give you a little bit of revelation. Verse 6 says we have different gifts. Everybody say different gifts. gifts. Who has different gifts? Who? We. We. Are you a part of the we? Say yes. Yes. So you have different gifts than the person sitting a couple rows over from you or maybe the person sitting next to you. Can I help you identify that word gift? Because when you think of gift, you're probably thinking it in American selfish mentality where it's a bag. It used to be a wrap present, but now it's a bag. Come on, gift bags, right? Because we don't have time to wrap anything. And it's a gift bag. And inside it is something that you might could, you know, use or enjoy or something. And usually you get them for special occasions. That's not quite exactly what it's talking about here. In fact, if I could define it for you, it's the word charismata. 
We use the word charismatic or charis, uh, charisma to talk about that, that, that thing that someone has, that anointing if you watch TVN, that uh, spirit of the Lord is upon them You know, if you watch Daystar. It's that feeling, and we use that as charismatic, or we say they're really emotional, they're real expressive, they're charismatic, they're charisma. But that's not exactly what this word is. This is charismata, which actually means this. It means, it means divine endowment, miraculous faculty the divine endowment each and every one of you have a divine endowment a miraculous faculty a part of you that the moment you were born got put in your dna and it was inactive and the moment you became a christian wow that gift that that divine endowment that thing from god that miraculous empowerment that's inside of you it was was then become active as you got saved and the holy spirit started living and abiding inside of you then if you got baptized in the holy spirit you sorry you started feeling and sensing i got this gift man i don't know it's when i talk to people it's like i got this understanding and and they start telling me dude how did you know that it's like when i go to go to do open the door for them it's like something just feels right it's this gift and it it causes other people to respond it's this leadership that just came alive me at a whole nother level and the bible says that it's within the body so within the body many parts forming one body there are gifts and say i am a gift inside of you is this gift and look what it continues to say it says and they each according to the grace given us now when we use the word grace a lot of times we're talking about forgiveness and god has grace and mercy on you brother and he just let the grace of god fall, fall all over you that's not really what this is talking about this word grace is used a little bit more with this word in the greek is charis everybody say charis and charis means gratifying pleasurable and fulfilling I was a little apprehensive to title this message, you know, It's My Pleasure. And the reason why is because I was a little concerned. Our generation, the people that are alive today, seem to use the word pleasure more to speak of sexuality, to speak more of sensuality. That's not at all what the word was originally derived for. It was an enjoyment. Come on, somebody. Fulfillment. It was what is gratifying. And for whatever, and the Bible prophesies that in the last day, men and women will be lovers of pleasure and talking about sexual stuff and, uh, instead of lovers of God. And they'll love what gives them this feeling of goodness. And here's the breakdown is that most people don't understand that God built inside of you a gift. And when that gift is being used, it's pleasurable. That it's gratifying. And so many people go to church and never enjoy themselves, never find pleasure because they're going to church receiving, 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 and never activating their gift within the body of believers. So when the gift is activated within the body of believers, it's pleasurable. It's, it's enjoyable. It's, 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 it's so fulfilling. And, and some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, some of you know the, the experience of the pleasure of God as I am using my gift to help someone else. It's unprecedented. It's really, uh, it, it's almost irrational. Uh, uh, you know, when we, when we got this building, we were in a real tough situation. Some of you were a part of the church before us called Destiny Church. They built this facility. They, everything you see here, they really, it's, it, it was their, 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 their uh, gifts of love and sacrifice that built this place. 
Well, they got in a situation about a year and a half ago, two years now, and they couldn't finance it anymore, and they were going to merge with another church, so it became available to us. We were a small church. We couldn't break through for anything. You wouldn't come to our church. I kept begging you to, and you wouldn't come. It's because we didn't have a building, and we met on Sunday nights. And you were like, I ain't coming to a church. Like, you didn't even know we existed. We met at the Methodist Church right there in downtown Dallas. The only black person that would come was a uh, little sweet um, 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 Chloe. And Chloe was driving by on the way to Walmart. She saw the banners out. She said, I'm going to go check it out. She said, what's all these white people? And uh, we said, Chloe, you can't go. We need some color in here. She's like, I don't know, Pastor. But all right. And we loved her, and she loved us. And now look at all the color. Come on, somebody. And so anyway, the point being... The point being is that uh, when this came available and they called us, we didn't have the ability to care for something this big. We didn't have the finances for it. In fact, we just had enough money in the bank that if we took over this facility, we could pay the bills for one year and that's it. And then at the end of it, so I met with all of our elders and I said, listen, listen, this building's available. I think it's God. They're like, we do too. I said, well, here's the problem. We don't have, our church is too small to finance something this big. So, but I feel like God wants us to go for it, and he wants to bless us. And they were like, we do too. And I said, so listen, we got enough money in the bank. We can pay the bills for one year. And at the end of one year, if all of these people don't show up and don't be a, become a part and become a part of the body, we'll just, we're just going to, we'll just, we'll just all go to Trinity or Gateway, and I'll go back traveling around the world. It'll be awesome. Yep. And they were like, Pastor, we're with you. And I'm telling you, we opened the doors and God started sending you and sending you and sending you and sending you and you've come together and it's been magnificent. But the problem was, and you've been noticing, we haven't had the money to pay the bills. We, we have, God's blessing, but not enough to even, we couldn't fix anything. So we've been saving our pennies and saving our pennies. And a few months ago, you notice, we started painting a few things and we bought a couple little things. Well, the big area we needed to start with was the kids' ministry. And man, I'll tell you what, we just, that kid's court was so terrible, it was so nasty. And, uh, and Jamie and I found some carpet squares over at the, uh, at the uh, what was it called, what, at the Habitat for Humanity. And we got two or three pallets, and then one of the contractors in our church, amazing family, they said, listen, our people can come put it in for you. And we were like, thank you, Jesus, because we couldn't finance that. And then what happened was, we wanted to put some other little pieces up for the kids, you know, some lights and a sound system, because they'd just been yelling at them the whole time. And, uh, and buy them, you know, some, some, uh, get them a stage so they can at least see over them, because some of your kids are tall. And so, you know, and so they started doing it. I said, well, guys, we can't afford anybody to do it. And, and Paul and Theo said, Pastor, we'll do it. And I'm telling you, for it must have been three months. It was only two, two months or a month and a half. But every Saturday, they would show up here at about 10 o'clock, and they would work till 2 in the morning. I would go in there at, you know, 1 o'clock, like, guys, I've been praying all night. i got to go home and go to bed. i got to lock the bed. Oh, Pastor, we got it. And, and, and Paul would be hanging from the ceiling. I'm just running this cable real quick, Pastor. I'm like, man, you're crazy. And then Theo would drill down through his fingers, like, look, I just almost drilled my finger off. Woohoo! And I was like, guys, you're, what are you doing? You're killing yourself. They had activated the chorus of life. Their gift was being used, and as a result, it was creating pleasure and satisfaction and fulfillment. And I couldn't run them off if I tried. And I, didn't, I couldn't even buy them pizza. They're like, guys, I ain't got no money to buy you pizza. It's all right, Pastor. We don't need to eat. We're doing this for the kids. And they were just so excited. They built sound booths, and they were in there figuring stuff and doing stuff and hanging stuff. And I would go in there like, man... Thank y'all. And I just walked back out because I didn't want them to recruit me. And it was just amazing. But I'm telling you, when this passage of Scripture talks about each one of us have a gift, 
and a grace, a charis has been given to us. There's this place that when you're not using that gift, there's not fulfillment. And so people will go to church and they'll say, I, won't, I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel engaged. I don't feel connected. That's because you're not using your gift within the body. And you say, oh, I want to use my gift, but I have so little time and I'm so busy doing this. I've got all these other things. Listen, I want to answer that question for you today. I want you to know that whatever little you can give, God can multiply it into something big. Whatever little bit you can hand over, God will say, look, I'll take that and I'll do something supernatural. Let me prove that to you in the book of John, chapter 6. Are you still there? Say yes. Do you still love me? Say absolutely. In verse 5 of John, chapter 6, Jesus has this great crowd coming and following after him. And so he's concerned about them because they are obviously hungry. And they're not hungry, they're hungry. And because he's so concerned, he won't teach them until they feed them. And so we'll pick up in verse 8, excuse me, verse 5. It says, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? If you'll keep reading, I'm going to skip it, but I'll just tell you what happened. Philip says, hey, eight months wages, we could never feed all these people. And so Jesus was just testing to see if he had any faith. And then, you know, you always got that one little nerdy person. Another of the disciples, Andrew, came up and said, um, Jesus, I might have a solution. <laughs> you know, anyway, you don't have, yeah, I've had that happen a couple of times. Like, Shut up, man, you're messing it up. And it says that he spoke up, verse 9, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? He basically, they're basically the size of a biscuit. He's got five little biscuits, and they're flatbread. So all they are is a cracker, really. It would, it, it would just nothing more than a saltine for us. And, and, and the fish, we're not talking about how you and I, you know, if you and I fish, we throw them back if they're under 12 inches, right? Or at least you better. Uh, well, it depends on what you're fishing, I guess. Anyway, and so but we're talking about sardines, man. We're talking about little fish. He's got two little fish like that, and he's got five little saltine crackers. Friends, this is lunch for this kid. Mama sent him out for the day. He's probably 14, 15 years of age. He's considered a boy. They're not considered men until they're 20 in the Jewish concept. And so this kid probably, like I said, he's probably in the teenage range. He's got his bag lunch with him. And they're going through the crowd. Hey, anybody got, we, we need to buy some food. I mean, we need to try to feed everybody. And this one little guy goes, well, I got my bag lunch. But how far can five saltine crackers and a, and a couple of little fish go to feed 5,000? We have... Hundreds of people in our church. Can you imagine? Thousands upon thousands. They fed 5,000. Jesus says, give it, give it to me. And he takes it. He blesses it. He hands it out. And let's pick up right there. And it says here in verse, I think we're in verse uh, uh, 11. It says, and then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. How much did they get? As much as they wanted. How much did they get? As much as they wanted. I don't know about you, but I got teenagers at the house. They never get as much as they want. They will break the bank. Come on, you with me? No, this is how much you get. No, sir, you don't get extra. Unless we get, that's why we go to buffets a lot. Anyway, and so as much as they want. In other words, these hungry people ate and ate and ate. He did the same with the fish in verse 12. And when they had all had enough to eat, enough, enough, I've got enough, thank you. He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12, up to this height, baskets of uh, uh, baskets full of barley loaves left over and fish from those who had eaten. Here's my point to you. Your little in the hands of Jesus becomes a lot. That little boy set out that day, he had no intention of feeding 5,000 people. 
That little boy had nothing really to give. You remember that old song? All I had to give was a broken heart, torn apart. And I don't forget the rest. <laughs> it's awesome. He takes what little he has, and Jesus puts it in his hands. And in Jesus' hand, little becomes a lot. He said, Pastor, I don't have a whole lot of time. You know, I'm busy with this. We've got 17 kids, and I've got six jobs to feed the 17 kids, and I barely make it to church. Friend, let me tell you something. Within the body, there is a gift that when you don't activate it, you don't have fulfillment. And so the more and more you come, and the more and more you hear, and the more and more you get ministered to, what happens is you'll become the Dead Sea. It's always coming in, but it's never going out. And as a result of that, it's just a matter of time before you'll hate, hate this church as well. Before you'll be critical of everything in this church. Why? Because you're supposed to be a part of a body. You're a body part with a function, with a gift. And when that gift is activated, it brings pleasure to you. It's my pleasure. And the reason why each one of these people in my open story were pleasurable because somebody had helped them find that thing in their life where it was enjoyable and so the guy he's out there pulling weeds with the hoe hitting it in the flower bed he's enjoying he's my pleasure why because that's what he was good at that's what he found enjoyment with the little lady out in the pool doing aerobics he's my pleasure why because that's what she was made to do God put that inside of her and as it was activated in front of all of us she could easily say he's my pleasure the guy carrying the luggage is so happy to have a job and then he's so happy to get paid for it. he's saying it's my pleasure as I crawl up these stairs with all of your wife's luggage. It's my pleasure. Why? Because he had found that place of Kairos. I meet people all the time that go to church, even our church, who've never used their gifts within the body of believers. And as a result, they have no pleasure in Christ. Wow. This passage is powerful. He says, I put gifts inside of you. There are miraculous things inside of you. Like a superhero, you know, like all these X-Men and stuff. You know, when you hit puberty, oh, now I have the power to do this. You know, it's amazing. He's put it inside of you and I. And it's activated when we are part of the body. And as we use our gift within the body, it, bling, it brings pleasure. It brings fulfillment to us. Some of you aren't fulfilled and will never be fulfilled. As long as you live with some skewed concept that I'm only a part of the body to receive and never say, what is my gift and how can I activate the pleasure in that gift as I care for others and help others? Paul and Theo was loving their life. They were working hours. They, they probably put 100 hours into that project, maybe more. Never complained. I was like, guys, go home. No, 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 we're going to hang one more light. Watch the cyber light. And they were spinning. They were sit there, you know, in the dark with the lights going around. I was like, yeah. You're just old clubbers. That's what you are. <laughs> Trying to have a flashback. There's a sweet lady here in the church. And uh, a couple months ago, she pulled me aside. She said, Pastor, I don't know if you remember when I first started coming. I said, yeah, it's been about a year now or so. She goes, yeah. She says, I don't know if you noticed, but I, sometimes I don't, I don't come very often to Sunday service. I said, that's okay. Are you connected with a small group? She goes, yeah, but I struggle to interact with those people. You know, I just have been through some, a lot of things. And she started telling me about a relationship that was really, really hard. Something that was wrong. Something that she didn't deserve. And it brought a depression on her. She said, you know, so weekends are really hard for me. And she said, and... And she said, there were these moments that I were like, I'm not going to church anymore. I just don't want to be around happy people. <laughs> I don't want to talk to God. I just want life to suck. And it does. I'm just mull grub in it. And she said, but I had signed up to be a part of one of the teams. It might have been guest services or cafe. I forget which one. And she says, and they would call me. 
I said, hey, are you going to be able to make it out? You got your shift. You volunteered for this shift. And she said, Pastor, it was the only thing that got me out of bed is that my word is my bond. Wow. And she said, your preaching's good. I'm a man. She said, you know, the worship is pretty good. She said, but standing out there with those people, welcoming them, being nice to them, or cafe, whatever she was doing, she said, it activated something in me. And she said, I want you to know, I, I would have quit on, on you. I would have quit on the church. I would have quit on God had it not been that my gift was active wow. in helping other people. And she said, I want you to know, I came out of that funk and been delivered, and God's done a great work through this church, and I just can't thank you enough. Wow. It wasn't the great preaching. It wasn't the amazing ministries, small groups, and all things that we do. Is that she, under, she found a truth that's in scriptures that most people have never been taught, wow. and that is fulfillment, pleasure, gratification comes when the gift inside of you that God himself put inside of you becomes active in the body of believers. He said, well, I can't do a whole lot. Listen, I've got businessmen in, in this room who are, they're so busy. God's using them around the world. But I'll tell you, they'll, they'll lead a little something. They'll do a little something like that. And you can see the joy on their face. They are a part of the body. They may not be able to be as active or, you know, have as much of a, uh, you know, time frame in their life to do what others can. But there's fulfillment there. Do you have fulfillment in your church? Do you have connectivity? Friend, I want you to know something. We look back at that early part of that verse, in verse 5, when it says in Romans 12, So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Church is not a service. Church is not a building. Church is not a one-time experience. Church is you being a body part, connected to that body part over there, connected to that body part, and all of us make one body. We are one church, one body. And friend, let me tell you something. Some of you believe the lie that, oh, you know, there's not enough space for me or, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of other people already doing some of those things. I, I think you don't understand how big the vision is that God gave us as a church. We're going to put a church on the hill in every major city in the Metroplex. There are going to be needs for you to be pastors and kids ministers and door holders and, and prophesiers and small group leaders. You say, I'm barely even saved. You might be the next pastor of one of the campus, friend. Let me tell you something. Because God has a plan, and his plan is to bring this kind of life, this kind of health, this kind of the, what we are experiencing. He wants that in every part of the Metroplex, in every part of the nation, in every part of the world. That's why we can send a beautiful couple like this to Africa. That's why we can send a whole team of people to Chattanooga a couple of weeks ago. Why? Because there's health here. And the health is the result of you activating your gift. And as you start, you start growing in it, and then power starts happening, you fulfill, feel, feel fulfilled. That then ministers to this person. This thing starts happening. And friend, I'm going to tell you something. You are needed by the Lord to accomplish that which he gave you life to do. It doesn't matter where your money comes from. Most, not, I, me and two others are the only full-time people on this, on this staff. And even then, we have to have multiple streams of income to finance our families. Friend, everybody in this church is bi, triple, and quadruple vocational. We're all, because no one believes in this church, at least not for me, that the ministry is being on staff at a church and getting your full-time pay for. Ministry is what comes out of us. You're a pastor because God deemed it, not because the church deemed it. Come on, somebody. You're a pastor and a minister and a person who ministers the things of God because God put a stamp approval on you, and it's in you, no matter where your income comes from. And I've, some of the best pastors in this church do not work at the church and get their full income from it. 
They get, they're, they're educators and they're businessmen and women. They pastor a lot better than I do. They love people better and they're seeing more people saved. Why? Because the income is not directly tied to the calling. However, we got to get it. Paul made tents. He's like, look, I got to make tents so I can minister the gospel to Come you. On. And so, friend, let me tell you something. You got to get a vision beyond where you see right now. Whatever you're doing right now, God has fulfillment for you. Yeah. He has plans for you. Now, I want you to look around the room. If you're new to us, we normally don't set up like this. Uh, but these are the, what we call CST, Celebration Service Teams. You'll see their, their names on the, on the, um, on the boards. Hopefully you got passed out the little card that tells you about all our different areas to serve. Every place that this scripture talks about, those who lead, let them lead. Those who prophesy, you can find fulfillment in one of these areas that you have an inclination for. One of these areas that God, and, and, and the leaders of these areas have been praying for you. Praying for you. Some of them need you to take their place. Some of you, they need you to lead it because they, they, they've got it as far as they could go. I'm sitting right here looking at one of my favorite friends in the whole world, been with me for 20-something years, Miss Casey Coker. And she just turned the cafe over, that sweet, smiling face. She turned it over to Miss Diane because she got it to where she needed it to be. And now Miss Diane's going to take it to the next level. Isn't that awesome? And she's going to lead a small group. So fulfilling the purposes of God, activating the gift, finding fulfillment and gratification. Isn't that good? Say yes. I want you to stand with me all across the room. I preached as fast as I could so that I could give you opportunity to go visit these different tables. Every one of these guys have been praying and setting up. They've got all these cool little pieces they want you to come see. Even if you'd say, Pastor, I just, you know what, I know I need to activate that gift, but I'm, I'm already over in this area over here. At least I want you to go by everybody's table and just encourage them a little bit and say, thank you for what you're doing. And maybe you'll find fulfillment. Maybe you find a gifting in that. But I want to minister to us for just a moment. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe you're in this place today and you say, Pastor, let me be honest. I'm away from God. I'm not confident that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I know what that's like. I've been there. Maybe you grew up in church and you've gone away from the Lord. Sin has permeated you, dominated you. But you recognize you're a sinner and you need Jesus to forgive you. You want to come back to the Lord. Maybe you say, Pastor, I've never been a Christian. But I, I can't get past the fact that there's truth here. That there's a God who created me, then there's a God who wants a relationship with me. The Bible says that the way you establish that relationship is through His Son, Jesus Christ. That He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no man comes to the Father except through Him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're away from God or you've never been a Christian, would you let me introduce you to Jesus? Could we pray today together? Could you acknowledge that you need help? Could you be honest enough to admit you're a sinner and you want to repent? The word repentance is such a beautiful term. I teach our church that repentance means control, alt, delete. You get to start over. How cool is that, that God would let us repent? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're not a Christian or you've been away from the Lord and you want to come back today, I'd like to pray with you. I won't embarrass you. I won't humiliate you. But I definitely don't want you to leave this place shameful, insecure, and I surely don't want your destiny to end with eternal fire. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if I'm speaking to you, God's dealing with your heart, and you're ready to get right with God, you're ready to repent, and you want me to pray for you, would you courageously lift your hand right there and say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I want to be right with the Lord. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Pray for me, Pastor. It's time to get right with the Lord. God bless you. I see your hand. Thank you, sweetheart. Anybody else? Thank you, buddy. I can see you put it back down. Thank you, sir. Just give you about three seconds. Say, Pastor, I, I don't want to leave this place. 
not having a relationship with Jesus Christ, would you introduce me? Would you pray with me? I'll do that. If that's you, lift your hand quickly so you can acknowledge that before the Lord. There's been a couple of you already. Amen. Amen. Every, every uh, hand can go down now. You can put it down. Now, I want to lead you in a prayer of repentance. And I'd like everyone in the audience to pray out loud with those who lifted their hand. And we're going to ask God to forgive you and cleanse you and wash you. And he's going to do that. And when you walk out of this place today, you can be confident that you'll spend eternity with him. And he'll start showing you how to love and how to grow and how to serve him. Pray it like this. Say, Jesus. Out loud. Jesus. I admit. I'm a sinner. I need you in my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Write my name in your book of life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Here in front of all these people, I declare Jesus is my Lord. Now keep your head bowed. Father, I just pray for those who lifted their hand. Lord, I pray in this holy moment they would sense forgiveness. That what has been hard, what has been rocky parts of their heart would just begin to melt. Lord, I thank you, Lord God. They love you. They wouldn't have come to church today if they didn't want you. They knew what they were walking into. Thank you for their honesty. Lord, may that honesty rule their life from here forward. May they always be sincere. And Lord, I ask you here and now, Lord God, that as they leave this place, that they would know I'm right with God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let me pray one more prayer. Father, I pray for the men and women of this church. Lord, even those who are brand new to us. Lord God, I want them to have fulfillment. Lord, I want them to know the kairos. Lord, I want them to understand what it is to be used and their gifting to cause pleasure in their life amongst the body of believers. Lord God, I thank you for so many, Lord God, who've connected into your body and are just so beautiful and finding such fulfillment. But Lord, for others of us, where do we fit, Lord? Speak to us, Lord God. Do they fit with the media? Could they help us be nice to people out in the foyer when they come in? Help us with kids, Lord. Some of them, Lord God, went into education because they love kids and somehow that's been stolen from them. Can you reignite that, Lord, here at Church on the Hill? Lord, others of them, Lord God, they have this social media piece, oh God. And they just enjoy it, Lord God. Can they help us bring people back to Christ by helping us with social media? Lord, I don't know where their gift, but they know, Lord. And I pray that you would ignite that right now. And I pray that, Lord God, there'd be joy, pleasure, gratification and fulfillment in the weeks and months ahead for every member of Church on the Hill. I pray, Lord, they find their place. Those who are leaders, Lord God, to lead. Those who are servers, to serve. Lord, those who are encouragers, to encourage. And I thank you, Lord God, that today will start something new for them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.